Welcome to Maximizing Life in the Middle, a podcast featuring two people consciously living and loving as husband and wife, parents, and individuals working to make the most out of their lives. I'm Jay Taylor. And I am Aaron Taylor, and we are so happy that you are spending some time with us today. Episode 20. This is a milestone for us. Wow. Contain your episode 20 excitement. We're at episode 20. Yay. And we're doing a special guest star podcast today. Only problem is our guest doesn't really speak English. Yeah. Actually, he doesn't really speak human. He doesn't speak really at all except right now his snoring as he lays next to us. And occasional barking. So he'll be a silent guest, hopefully, during this episode. He snuck into our makeshift recording studio when we were setting up, but we decided to let him stick around to hear all the scintillating conversation (coughs) we're going to have. (laughs) Yeah. So what's the topic for today? Well, we spent about five minutes trying to figure that out, didn't we? We did. We had a couple. But since you shot down everything I wanted to talk about, we're going with talking about the holidays. Oh, really? I thought we were talking about <coughs> non-reactivity. Oh. Well, I guess we can be non-reactive at the holidays. At the holidays. There you go. That so, in itself could be 13 episodes. Yeah. Well, it's, there's movies about that. Yes. Funny, funny movies. So let's talk about this non-reactivity thing. What do you got? What's stewing on your brain? Why don't we combine the two? We'll talk about. We'll talk about. Yeah, it'll be like a, a multi-topic. Bit. Yeah. Well, the past seven weeks or so, month and a half. Yeah, the past month and a half has been a an oddly challenging period of time. Yeah, challenging. Oddly challenging. I don't know. I mean. Well, I call it oddly challenging because I generally think that our lives, my life, whatever, it's pretty smooth, pretty uneventful, pretty peaceful. And there have been a couple of these strange things that have occurred that have presented challenges, frustrations, uh, unexpected things we've had to deal with. It's been really, really interesting. And what it has shown me for myself is that I'm not as far along as I wished that I was because I've figured out how to be relatively peaceful and even keeled the majority of my days. When the ship is on an even keel. Right. When there are no waves (laughs) in the ocean, my boat is not rocking. Right. Bring up a little thunderstorm and all of a sudden I'm about ready to capsize. Right. I wouldn't exactly say capsize, but when multiple challenges came one after the other, my fuse got a little bit shorter than it normally is. And that was interesting because I think when you, I think it's very helpful to have self-care practices in place 
and they include, as you know, that I believe, eating well, whatever that means for you, exercising, whatever that means for you, getting the right amount of sleep for your body, and reducing your stress. And that has a big broad category of time by yourself, time with your friends, time doing uh, work that you love, um, taking care of yourself, things like that. Meditation, relaxation, whatever. Um, but when times are challenging, it's hard to keep those things going, I think. At least that's what I found. But having a regular practice of it allows me to remember and try to get back to it more quickly. I felt rather derailed for the past month. Just totally off my game, so to speak, and not myself. For the most part. Hmm. And now... I'm getting a handle back on myself and taking better care of myself. And, oh my goodness, I feel more calm and peaceful. Interesting, isn't it? But I don't know if I'm feeling more calm and peaceful because all those situations have settled down and they're resolving, or if I feel more calm and peaceful because I'm bringing the self-care back. It's probably a combination of both. Sure. Um, That's an interesting element that to... That you would equate the lack of those pillars uh, as the reason that you're you become more uh, reactive. I guess to me the the key is in that reactivity is it's just a question of where it's pushing, like where the issue that comes up is shoving you know, what it's shoving against because there in the past couple months, weeks, whatever it is, there are times where some of these things came up that were pushing against your sore spots and you were reactive, but I wasn't, which Mm, is mm, not, that was very interesting, which is not the norm. Um, and then other times appreciated, very much appreciated. And then other times where maybe things were pushing against my, buttons and I was reactive which is maybe the more than norm and you were not so you know and those other self-care elements or those other self-care pieces they just come and they go you know for me I mean a lot of them are con you know a lot of them are mostly constants in terms of exercise and in terms of sleep you know eating's you know sort of always on that you know a pendulum of eating better, eating worse, eating better, eating worse. Um, so one of the reasons I think that you've felt more reactive <laughs> in this time frame is just because it's been it's been a pressure against some of your some of your spots. Whereas I don't think of this as being some major test of unreactivity for me because I've not felt tested in the same way. Now, that's not to say that last night when you had to go out for a work thing and there were, you know, three kids who all had to eat and be in three different places at three different times and, you know, kids weren't necessarily doing their homework in the time frame that I had hoped that they would get it done and, 
suddenly something that was on the schedule jumped up a half hour earlier in my mind that I wasn't reactive at that point because, you know, that could that could have been a period of time where I could have demonstrated unreactivity and I'm not sure how well I did, but... Well, it's kind of funny. I told our neighbor and, our, and my friend that um, last night, all, all three of them had to be in three different spots at 6.30 until we juggled around the one's plans and then she had to be where she had to be at 6. <laughs> but last, the night before when I was talking, trying to arrange transportation for one of them, I said to her, this was one of my fears when our youngest child was born. We will have three kids in three different spots all at the same time. How will we do it? So it worked out fine because she took our youngest and her son, and then I brought them home, which freed us up to transport the other two where they needed to go. But um, that was kind of interesting. Well, you know, it's funny because... And now we're talking about, like, carting kids around, which, you know, you always laugh. I was just a laugh when I would hear people talk about, oh, I'm just, I'm in the swim taxi, I'm just a chauffeur. I was like, I'm never going down that road of just all I'm doing is... Never say never. All I'm doing is driving my (laughs) kids around. And because of sort of the way, the one thing, the volleyball practice switched off and Girl Scouts came on, you know, thus 6.30 back to 6. Um... But then it meant that I wasn't gone involved in the activity for that two and a half hour stretch. It meant that we were both kind of around during all the shuttling. And so we were shuttling everybody back and forth kind of together, which, you know, you think, oh, three kids going three different directions. You had to be in like three separate places. But actually, we weren't. We were all. Which was very strange the way it panned out. Yeah, it was weird the way it panned out. But then we were constantly like, like. Two different times we arrived back at the house, and I went, and you got to ready to turn the keys off and get out of the car, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, well, I'm going inside." And I'm like, "Yeah, but we got to go be at, back over at place X at this time, and it's 20 minutes from now." And you're like, oh, "Well, let's just go inside anyway." Well, at that point, I wanted to go inside because I hadn't eaten dinner yet, so I was a little was motivated then? to go yeah, in and actually have dinner. But the point being is that. It literally was two and a half hours. Of just shuttling. Of just driving kids, dropping them off, and then basically trying to kill 15 minutes until you had to go pick the first one up after you dropped the last one off. So, nothing revolutionary there. I guess parents since time immemorial have been dealing with that. But that is kind of kind of a pain. Mm. Well... I guess it all depends on how you look at it. Because I, lo- I actually love driving the kids around because I love that opportunity to get them in the car. Maybe we talk about something important. Maybe we just talk about whatever. But I, I love that time in the car. So I don't actually mind that one little bit. It's some good focused time. Sometimes I let them play their screens. Sometimes I say, just turn them. why don't you just turn them off and we'll look out the window and talk about life or whatever. Mm. So they kind of, they'll kind of go either way. I suggest usually. Right. And now this time of year, being the holidays, it's so much fun driving around and peeking down each street to see which house has the best Christmas lights on that road, and they get a big kick out of that. So they're very motivated not to look at a screen. Mm. Transition. 
as we move to the holidays. Mm. <laughs> Though I don't know that we necessarily dissected anything about non-reactivity, but um, yeah, it is, depending on when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this in the far-flung future, then... In the middle of summer. In the middle of summer, then you're in the time machine right now. But here, right now, it's approaching the holiday season, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever those other New Year's, things. All New Year's, fun midwinter Festivus. Um, I'm wrapped in a blanket because I'm cold. And it snowed two days ago, a nice little three or four inch dusting. I told the kids, by the way, on Monday... Our one was in a swim meet Saturday, but the, our daughter was sledding on Saturday. And then on Sunday, they both went out sledding. And I said, guys, do you realize how lucky you are? How special it is that you had two sledding days in a weekend before Christmas? Because in our climate, it, that is very rare. Yeah, not so always. Sometimes. They they really made good use of that cool opportunity to enjoy the snow there's a lot of busy stuff and time coming up with the holidays um for my particular day job it ramps up with some additional activity of things you know tasks that have to be completed end of year stuff end of year stuff and then there's dinners and parties and different things like that this past weekend was you know uh, looking at it uh at the outset of the weekend, there was just every single day there was something that in some way, shape, or form are centered around the end of the year. And, you know, it's a time of year I love. I absolutely just love the idea of all these opportunities to have get-togethers and have people kind of, you know, sort of in a celebratory mood. And, you know, it, I don't do a whole heck of a lot of out in the malls kind of shopping around this time of year to see the people sort of furiously uh, exercising their retail uh, demons. But the music and, you know, our daughter Faith has started playing holiday music, Christmas music, if you will. Um, Before the temperature dipped below 70. Yeah, while it was still, you know, September. <coughs> she wanted to play Christmas music, but... It's it's just a great time, but it's also a time, I think, that for a lot of people is very, it, it's enormously stressful, um, whether it be the goal to try and find that perfect gift or the burden of expectations, which we used to talk about or a lot. traditions. Or traditions. Um, you know, in our, there's a lot of traditions associated with Christmas and the holidays with my family. Whether it be where you spend the night, when you eat the dinner, what you do in the presence in the mornings, and you know, then where you go on New Year's and how long you're there. And I don't know whether it's, again, just a sign of sort of evolution, but we've talked a lot recently about how... It's a sign of Shafali, let's be honest. <laughs> well, it may be a sign of Shafali just filtered through you, but for me, you know, it's not like I'm listening... Yeah, but Every I'm, day. I'm filtering it all right down to right. you. But just, I, I sense more than ever, a, a, at least internally for myself, a willingness or a um, willingness is, but just, the, you know, not, uh, not, not so upset by the idea that, hey, traditions change and that things have to morph 
and that that's okay. Yeah, I remember years ago when one tradition kind of fell by the wayside and you grieved that deeply. You were so hurt, so upset, so sad, so annoyed, so mad. And it really, you said, I remember you saying back then, it takes away, it removes, ruins my Norman Rockwell image of childhood because you had warm memories of holiday celebrations in childhood. And as an adult, you didn't really want to let go of them, but other family members were willing to. And so that was really hard for you. So I, I definitely can see your evolution to where you are a little different about it. And... Well, go ahead if you want to say something. Well, I was gonna. I mean, to me, I think the interesting thing is kind of not as well, sort of establishing new traditions or establishing. Or how about no traditions? Well, not no. I know that's where you're headed with Shafawi's message and all that, and that's I'm not there yet. But so just the other day, yesterday, I checked with you about a particular date and then I threw out a invite to a bunch of people and said hey let's let's get together let's have a you know let's have a little it's a group of guys who I uh, am involved with art wise and I said let's get everybody together in a group let's hang out the Friday before Christmas and you know do what we normally do but just do it in the, the sort of festive season and you know look yeah, I would I would I say to you as I sit here and think about it, is that gonna be a every year kind of thing? Probably for a while. But I don't approach it, I guess, like I always have, which is oh yeah, I'll do that and then once I've done it once, then I'm gonna do We've it every year. I've set the precedent and that's that. It's I've set, set the set. precedent and now I have to do it every single year. This Thanksgiving I let go of a a big one, something that mm-hmm. has been two big ones. Well, no, just one big one. One big one, right? We historically, uh, you know, <laughs> it's kind of we get together for a Thanksgiving poker game, and no, I don't mean Thanksgiving poker game like around like Thanksgiving. I mean like on Thanksgiving night. There used at nine o'clock. At nine o'clock, there would be a group of anywhere from ten to at one year twenty people who would come here and play poker until the wee hours of the morning on Black Friday. Yeah, and we by wee hours, I mean 5 a.m. Yeah, well, I don't, no, maybe one year we were up one to 5 One year I was, was getting up to go shopping, and you guys were just wrapping up. Yeah. So, but as time has gone on, the, the drive to sort of play poker has, you know, sort of moved into a little bit of the background of one of my interests, and then some other things have kind of popped up as things of my interest. So... This year, for the first time in eight eight years, maybe, um, we didn't have a Thanksgiving poker game. And it felt a little weird as we were approaching that night, but then we actually played another game with a disparate group of family members, family members uncles and cousins and um, kids. Kids. That was really fun. It was really fun and really interesting, and everybody seemed to enjoy themselves. So it was, it was kind of cool. Now, is that going to become a tradition? I don't know. Uh, it has a possibility, maybe. But and I say, who knows and who cares? Right. If you enjoyed it that day, then it brought the value that it was supposed to bring. If you enjoy it another day or next Thanksgiving, great. If you don't, who cares? Right. 
And I think that's where I am with the whole tradition thing. When you took one tradition out, and this wasn't even a bad tradition. You enjoyed the Thanksgiving poker thing. But when you took one tradition out, it actually opened up space for, I don't want to say another tradition to take its place, but another activity that never would have kind of come up if everybody was rushing to clean up so that, uh, you know, 10 people could arrive. It was much more low-key and less rushed this year. And so everybody was sitting around after dinner kind of like, oh, well, what are we going to do now? And somehow somebody brought that up, and then they brought the game out, Dungeons & Dragons. And oh, my had... God, you're, you're quiet. You let the cat out of the bag. Oops, sorry. You told them that we're playing Dungeons & Dragons. Now they're going to know I'm a geek. Oops. <laughs> well, you're a geek and I'm a nerd, so what's the difference? It's all good. Continue. But we had from a 12-year-old up to a 50-year-old mm-hmm. playing that game. Right. And it was really fun. And every, like, I didn't play, but I just watched you guys. And I could tell that every single person who was playing was actually engaged in it. And these people come from all walks of life, even though they're all family members, different political views, different ideas about <laughs> things, different personalities, males, females. It was really, really nice to see. So... I've also had some conversations with various people and clients and such about holiday traditions and, you know, the ones that are stressful for them and they don't really enjoy them, but it's what we've always done and I don't really want to do it anymore. And what do I do? Because I don't want to deal with the fallout of changing the tradition. And so I think that what I've suggested to anyone when this has come up is... It's not so important whether you decide to continue to participate in the tradition or not. What is actually more important is if you, how you show up to that tradition or not show up, as the case would be. It's more about your internal state and your internal mindset. Are you showing up to that tradition completely unaware, completely absorbed into the maybe family drama that goes on each year. You can imagine a string of uh, comedic Christmas movies that would uh, give you the picture that I'm talking about with the chaos and the relatives and the the arguing and whatever. Are you showing up completely entrenched in that, so deeply in it that you can't see the forest for the trees? Or are you showing up as an observer of all the silliness that goes on not getting stuck into it but or roped into it but just kind of being present but actually really being present and observing what's going on and how the other people are interacting so that I think is my suggestion for anybody listening if you're thinking about the holidays and should I go to this traditional thing should I stay out of it it's so stressful I don't want to or I just want to do something different Do what feels right to you and just do it with an awareness of where you are and how you just kind of observing your participation in the whole entire thing. Hmm. That's what I would kind of wrap that up with. It doesn't matter what you do, do it or don't do it, but just make sure you are aware or you're not mindlessly just going along with the herd. You're actually making conscious choices about 
what you want to do, what feels right to you, and how you want to show up. All right. Well, that puts a nice, neat bow on it, I think. So, uh, with that, we'll wrap up the episode. If uh, you don't get a chance to listen to us in the weeks coming, have a very happy holiday season and a wonderful new year. 